Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh-oh. Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get, 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 get. For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... MP on the mic. The big news yesterday in the world of sports coming out of JMU, where Coach Kurt Signetti leaves to take the job at Indiana. Uh, A lot of fallout here, a lot of repercussions down the line. So I'd like to give you, I'd like to put on my professor glasses and give you just just my, you know, take here. I'm going to break this down in in a serious academic way. Indiana? Really? Really? You going to Indiana? It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Indiana. I don't think he's coached the basketball team either. Whew. All right. We got Savannah Rieger on at 11. Uh, she is is our JMU expert. She'll break this down from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com. Uh, that's, that's the question I'm going to ask her. I hope she's ready for it. Indiana? Really? Is Indiana a better job than James Madison in 2023? Is it? I don't think so. Not on my scoreboard. Um, I spent the afternoon yesterday trying to figure out what Kurt Signetti was thinking. Why would you leave James Madison and look, money is the obvious answer here. There will be a lot more of it at Indiana. Ballpark, he's probably going from making a million and a half a year to making six million a year. That's a very large raise. And I would move to Indiana for a quadrupling of my salary. I think a lot of people would. But there's a long game here, too. Kurt Sinani's a really good football coach. And uh, I-, I believe that if things had broken differently, the Dukes would be playing this weekend to go to a New Year's Six Bowl which Indiana is never sniffing, right? Like, you go to Indiana, you're playing against Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. Good luck. Oh, and Washington and Oregon are coming into the conference? Have fun. USC is coming into the conference? Have fun with that. There's a long game here. Now, I will I will spot Kurt Signetti this as he moves from JMU to Alabama, and that is if he's – to Indiana – If he succeeds there, he is part of the Nick Saban tree. He worked with Nick Saban. Uh, He knows Nick Saban. If he succeeds at Indiana, he is immediately on the short list to get that Bama job. Because Nick Saban ain't lasting forever. He's nearing the end. The logical successor for a long time was Kirby Smart. He's kind of got his own thing going now. He's not coming home. Not at this point. Somebody's got to succeed Nick Saban. I think if he can have even a little success at Indiana, even a taste of success at Indiana, he's immediately on the short list to do it. That, that'd be my guess. Uh, he's going to coach the bowl game, which is great. Uh, I, I, I appreciate him doing that. I think that's always a good thing when coaches do that. 
Uh, let's hear from uh, let's hear from JMU athletic director Jeff Bourne, who spoke with reporters yesterday. Uh, this is Lane Casadane. We know Lane. We love Lane over at CBS Six, uh, chatting with uh, Jeff Bourne, asking him a question at his press conference yesterday. I don't know if easier is the right word, but how much different is your job of replacing a football head coach now than it was just when you hired Kurt, given the overall profile of not just the football program, but your entire athletic program up there? Well, it's a good question. Um, I would say when we hired Kurt, we were still in the FCS and we were coming off a successful run with Mike Houston um, and both Everett Withers, who who certainly made our football program stronger. I, I want to compliment both of them for their tenure in Harrisonburg and what they did. So we were fortunate. We felt fortunate to be able to get uh, Kurt at the time, who was a proven head coach and and who had taken programs uh, to a winning level. Um, I think the whole complexion of the program obviously has changed because of FBS and the national exposure. It does elevate us to a position, though, where uh, I feel very optimistic about watching the candidates that have expressed interest so far and what uh, I think we'll express interest here in the next several days. Um, puts us in a really strong position to to find a great new leader for the football program and someone that we can feel like shares the culture that we have here at James Madison. There's uh, JMU athletic director for now, Jeff Bourne. Uh, he's on his way out. This will be the, his uh, his last major hire. Uh, and the athletic director search is running now concurrent with a football coach search. And that's something that's very interesting to watch over there at JMU, right? The new athletic director and the new football coach are going to arrive simultaneously. Uh, is that a package deal? What do you, you know? Do you look at candidates who are compatible with each other there? Two very important roles. Uh, JMU's got a ton of stability right now. They're in the Sun Belt. It's a great conference, great teams, but you're always, you're always sleeping with one eye open. In college football. We'll dive into this in the 11 o'clock hour. Savannah Rieger joins us from Richmond.com, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, to talk about JMU. Kurt Signetti, uh, JMU football coach, off to Indiana. We've got uh, Friday tradition on the other side of this. You know him, you love him. Gary Hess stops by. We're, uh, we're rapidly losing high school football teams. It is that time of year, but there's still a couple left. We'll talk about that with Gary on the other side of this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. I've made a terrible mistake, uh, and what here's what happened. Uh, after the show today, uh, I'm going out to lunch at uh, Joe's Inn. Uh, with my guy, uh, J.C. Poma. He put together the RVA Sports Awards. Works out in Chesterfield now. Shout out to J.C. Uh, absolutely. Going to be a great lunch. So I'm putzing around before the show, and I pulled up the menu for Joe's Inn. You know, I like to I, I'm, I like to look at the menu before I go out somewhere, right, right. you know, and see, kind of get the vibe. I'm hungry now. Like, I am, I am hungry, and we have a lot of radio between here and there. I'm just thinking about... <laughs> that that spaghetti a la Joe, or maybe the cheesesteak. The cheesesteak's good. I mean, it's ten seventeen. They're not even open yet, right? You uh, you doing you doing the fan or the uh, satellite location in Bonaire? Uh, we're Bonaire. He's a Chesterfield guy now. Uh, yeah, he yeah, is. So you know, and and I rep the South Side too. So a couple South Side guys. JC Poma, former game night reporter for the high school football game of the week. Fantastic. I, that's a distinguished club. Yes, uh, there's a lot of lot of bold face names in that club. Yes, I love it. <laughs> All right, uh, Josh. It is Friday. It is ten fifteen. We welcome in our guy Gary Hess. Mike Sabetics of Front Page Bets breaks down this week's line. There's less than twelve hours to kick off, so it's time for the pre pregame show with the Zog. Sports Radio 910 Sports Director Gary Hess as he gets us ready for tonight's gridiron matchup. I'm one of the few times I've ever had too much hair for the role. Uh, and I can't play the guitar for anything. Well, he's he's got the mood. It's Friday night. He's probably out uh, out out doing a gig tonight. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Um, before we dive into the high school game, you got a game uh, uh, tomorrow, one o'clock, one o'clock kick uh, out there. Um, 
we were just talking about Kurt Signetti, who's leaving JMU for Indiana. And, and I gave my very educated, very intellectual take, which was, Indiana? Were you as surprised as I was? I actually was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I was. It's like, wow, you know, Lee Corso didn't even win at Indiana. <laughs> Nobody wins at Nobody Indiana. Nobody wins at Nobody Indiana. Nobody wins at Indiana. You know, and, and Tom Allen won a little bit. And, you know, I don't know. Dude's going to get paid, and he's. this is the last payday of his career, probably. He is... Is he, did I see he's fifty six? No, you saw that he's sixty two. See, I saw two different things. Yeah, so he's sixty. So he's older than I am. He's sixty two. So at sixty two, last bite at the apple. I right? don't blame a dude for cashing in. Last I, bite I at really the apple. Don't. And I don't blame ten years him younger than Saban. Right, but my, you know, I asked you off the air rhetorically, and I'm sure I'm not the only person that's asked this question. You know, Everett Withers did very well at JMU. Yes. And went to Texas State and did not. I've not heard from him again. Right. Mike Houston did very well at JMU. I've not heard from him again. Went to East Carolina and did not. No. So what makes this any different, and how is that going to happen at Indiana? Yeah. Because i got some news for you. You know, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon are nowhere on Texas State's or East Carolina's schedules. It's, uh, it, it, it's, you show up and it's a portal world, but you show up in year one, you're not going to be competitive against even Michigan state, right? like let alone Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state. Now, now the, the one boys. thing I'll say is Kurt Signetti has won everywhere he's ever been. I don't bet against him. So I don't that, bet against him. And if he wins, I could see him going to Bama afterward. Right. My question was rhetorical, by the way. Yeah. But no, it, it's a great institution. You know, there, here's the funny thing. There's institutional advantage at JMU. You know, it's funny. Nick Saban has given no indications he's about to retire. I don't think he is. but uh, And I don't think he is anytime soon. But, you know, who is the odds-on favorite to, to be that guy? Right, because he's had so many assistants churn through that have had various either failures or off-the-field shenanigans. Right. <laughs> Kirby Smart would have been the guy, but he's got Kirby's it. not leaving Georgia now. He's got his thing going now. He's got his thing going now. And is, you know, and then, you know, who else was once an assistant under Nick Saban is Dan Lanning. Sure. And but, you know, does he want to leave Oregon at this point? I mean, that Nike money runs deep, you know? I, you, there's probably advantages to Alabama that don't exist anywhere else. But there's also that like possibility of running off a couple nine-win seasons and thanks do, for playing. Do you want to be the guy that replaces Nick Saban? I promise you I do not want to be that guy. Now, yeah. Bill Belichick has done just a tremendous solid to the next guy in New England right. by, by bottoming out before he leaves, right? You, you, it's okay to be the guy replacing that guy. As if, by the way, uh, in case we didn't know, Tom Brady's status of greatness is Ooh. at it is at its zenith right now. Nobody having a better five year run than Brady, right? <laughs> Minus the crypto thing. Take, right. take take the crypto thing out, right? And it's good, right? So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's like you you didn't think you know you, Brady's status could be elevated once he retired, and to see what's oh. happened to the Patriots since he left there, uh, yeah, that's all you need to know. Oh my goodness, and. For Belichick, who had has total personnel control, look at how bad that roster is top to bottom. Right. It's a bad roster. Top to bottom. Dude drafted a kicker in the fourth round, couldn't make a kick to force overtime. <laughs> Every you know, everybody you know, it's so much attention on the quarterback and the quarterback play is bad. But but but, but it's, it's not just the quarterback. One to fifty three, they're bad. Yeah. It's really something. Gary Hess joins us on Fridays and Big game tomorrow. We're da- we're down to two. Uh, you're at Highlands. Uh, you're at uh, Highland Springs Lake Lake Braddock. Is yes, that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be over at the Springs, over at the Vic Crider Stadium, for Lake Braddock coming in. And by the way, the coach at Lake Braddock, Mike Doherty, who we had on the walkthrough last night, is a Monacan grad. He's a Richmond Let's go. guy. He's a Richmond guy. Let's go. And his offensive coordinator was an offensive lineman. For Coach Lauren Johnson at Stonewall Jackson, now Unity Reed High School in Manassas. The ties run deep. Yes, indeed. Now, what do we make of Highland Springs here uh, in a different, different division, different class? You Uh, know, is is it is it tougher? Same as it ever was. I mean, you know, it's like, is it tougher? Maury is the is beat Highland Springs this year, and they are looking like the clear favorite to win in Division Five. 
Freedom is the division, defending Division Six champion from up in Woodbridge. Maury's, from, for those that don't know, down in the 757. Uh, Wood, Freedom from Woodbridge, the defending Division Six champion, has looked every bit the part to do it again so far this year. So, you know, Highland Springs fits right in, five or six. The, the level of competition is great either way. Uh, but they have had a seamless transition. They had the one regular season loss down at Maury. And uh, they are, I would think, you know, you don't take anything for granted at the re- at the state semifinal level, but they how, the Springs has to be a clear favorite tomorrow. Uh, but then, but then, if it as expected goes to a Freedom Highland Springs State Championship game, then the Springers got their hands full. We'll let Derby Bill decide who's the favorite. Right, exactly. he, he, he lets me know. Lets me know each oh, week. Oh yes, yes, me too. <laughs> ways, ways in. The window is open. You know, uh, it's funny. He hears me talk about the fact, like the fact that I'm like I. We were talking on Friday a couple weeks ago about the fact that I was going to the Christopher Newport Randolph Macon Division Three playoff yeah. game that next day. And immediately I had a note from Bill with the point spread on that game. Uh, I, I would guess the captains covered. They what, did. Whatever it was. They did. Whatever it was, they covered. They did. When he said the number, I said, I'll take that. Metaphor- there metaphorically. You there you go. Um, <laughs> we're used to talking about Stonebridge this time of year. Uh, we're used to talking about Highland Springs this time of year. But uh, we're not used to talking about them separately. Right. <laughs> I know they've intertwined, and I got to tell you, Mickey Thompson, the coach at Stonebridge, who's the only coach that school's ever had, was not happy about Highland Springs moving up to division. They've lost to Highland Springs more than they've beaten them. They also had that cheap win a couple of years ago up there. Yes. I just, I'll say it, I'll right? S- I'll say it. <laughs> and then, but they did beat them fair and square in the state championship game in the COVID oh, yeah. season. Good, good, good rivalry. Right. I'm just throwing that. I'm but expunging that. What I'm saying is, one. it's been you know almost all Highland Springs results wise. Yes. But Mickey Thompson's like, no, no, no. I want to play. I want to play these guys. Yeah. I, I, I don't. You know. So it's like, okay, well, Mickey, you're not going to get them, but you get Matoica. Still and if it. you are able to beat Matoica, Maury waits. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> A couple of years ago, the Highland Springs played up there, and they're just a ridiculous, unsportsmanlike calling the Highland Springs kid for like spiking the ball after scoring a touchdown that ended up pushing them back on the extra point. They couldn't tie the game, and Stonebridge won. And and actually, there were two unsportsmanlike calls in that game. Yeah, the whole thing. Was One ridiculous. was on an extra point, and it was yeah, it was a circus. Let me just say this: you talk to the coaches at Highland Springs, and that may have been whatever year that was twenty. Was that nineteen? It was pre-COVID, right? Yeah, but I think it was two, it was nineteen because they were state champs fifteen through eighteen, so yeah. it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, but you know, you talk to the Holland Springs coaches about it. It was like yesterday. Oh, you yeah. don't forget something like that. No. You don't forget something. Like, uh, well, what, what do we know about Matoica, a team that we don't normally talk about this time of year? So yeah, you know, Matoica is a team that has. Uh, a, a lot of key guys. Riley Justice, the quarterback, and he's got a couple of really good receivers. Great running back in Montina Williams. They, you know, and a couple of these guys play both ways. Even though they're a D five school, they have a small school mentality. And but they're really, really good. And here's what I know: I know there were some upsets in that bracket, but in the regional playoffs, they gave up three points total. That's not bad. Total. <laughs> That's not bad. I, I, I'm no expert, but if you only give up three points over three games, my guess is you got a good chance of winning those three <laughs> games. I'm just saying. Statistically speaking. Yeah, statistically speaking. We, we have to bring in uh, Jim Reed to weigh in on that. One time right. he, he lost 3 nothing. He said we shouldn't have given up the three. Right. <laughs> Jim Reed, the one, you know, and of course, you know you know this. You ask a dumb question, you deserve, you deserve a, a smart-ass answer, right? <laughs> so I remember one time Richmond's off to a 3-0 start, and I asked Jim Reed, I said, hey, so what does it mean to be three and zero, oh, and without batting an eyelash, he said, "It means we can go three and eight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Fair enough, fair enough." By the way, Jim Reed, one of my all-time favorites, of course. Oh my god! Oh, how could he not? Be? But no, Matoica is is very good. They you know they lost to Thomasdale and Dimwitty and to Warhill during the regular season, all of which were very good. They made a few changes on the line of scrimmage, and it's really made a difference. In the postseason. But, you know, Stonebridge, A, is really, really good. B, runs a modified single-wing offense. So preparing for that in one week is a challenge. Yeah. So we'll see. They played in 05, the last time Matoka made the state semis. And Stonebridge won it handily. So uh, uh, so normally you come in, you got the big binder, you got all the games. We're just uh, – they're 
that's it. We've covered all the games. Right. We, 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 we've done it. Uh, Lake Braddock, Highland Springs. One o'clock tomorrow. One o'clock tomorrow on the fan. Right. And um, 105.1 FM. Yes, sir. Uh, the Odyssey app. Worldwide. And thefanrichmond.com. Mr. Worldwide himself, Gary Hess. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. And, and let me, shameless plug, you know, I, do I, I shameless plug for my Ethan Minter halftime a few months ago. I sat down, you know, Bunky Trinity Trophies has been our player of the game sponsor for the entire 30-year run we've done high school football. Good people station. down there. I sat down yesterday with Chris and Lee Trinity and did a chat uh. reminiscing about Bunky and stories and my production of that will run at halftime tomorrow, and it is phenomenal. So, I am excited for that. Good, yeah. pe- good people, and uh, yeah, so, great. so so many stories along the way. Yeah, it was fun stuff. It was fun stuff. All right, Gary Hess, appreciate it. One o'clock tomorrow, right here on the Fan. We're back with another uh, hour and a half of radio. Right after this, you're listening to nine ten the Fan now one oh five one FM. Friday morning, ten thirty four. Here in Richmond, Virginia, the capital city. All right, so Gary Hess was just in, and uh, we were talking about Las Vegas, and uh, I said, you've been to the Pinball Hall of Fame. And you go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I love the Pinball Hall of Fame. That's my favorite spot in all of Vegas, by the way. You don't, you don't need to play blackjack in Vegas. You don't, need to, you, know, you don't need to go see the volcanoes or whatever. You got to go to the Pinball Hall of Fame, though. It sounds like a blast, honestly. It's a, it's a great time. It's, it's like a dumpy old Kmart building, and they just have... Hundreds of pinball machines from like the 1920s to present day. Oh man! And they all work, and you can play them. I love it. I bet there's all sorts of different themes. Yeah, it's it's not a barcade. It's not classy. Uh, it's truly just a warehouse with pinball machines in it, and that that's what makes it particularly great. That's yeah, that's my type of time. I Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. Cowboys beat the Seahawks last night, and. That was that was about as fun as you can have on as much fun as you can have on Thursday night football. Uh, so that that was a statement game for the Cowboys against a really good team that was motivated to give them one in the Seahawks 41 35. Uh, the final there in Dallas, Dak Prescott three touchdowns, and the Cowboys don't look now nine and three. They're going to be the wild card team almost certainly because the Eagles are, are in front of them, but. Eagles Niners this week. If the Eagles lose, the Cowboys would be playing against the Eagles next week to slide into a tie for first place in the NFC East. That doesn't feel outlandish at this juncture. It does not feel outlandish to think the Cowboys on extra rest after the Eagles play a tough game against the Niners could be playing for that chair first place in the NFC East. Dak Prescott's role. This was an important win for the Cowboys because it was the first team with a winning record they've beaten. And they've struggled against good competition this year. I still would favor the Eagles against them on a neutral Sunday, all things the same. But all things won't be the same next week. They'll be coming off extra rest. Eagles will be coming off a game against the Niners. They'll be traveling down to Dallas. That place is going to be rocking. That place will be lit. It's going to be a... uh, it's going to be a good one, and I'm not counting out the Eagles this week against the Niners either. The Eagles just find a way to win. Had no business beating Buffalo, find a way to win. That's the name of the game in the NFL these days. Find a way, survive, advance, keep it moving. Uh, Chiefs-Packers, your Sunday night game this week. As, uh, the Jordan Love Tour continues. I, I, I was curious to see Jordan Love on Thanksgiving because I haven't seen a lot of Jordan Love this year. They've kind of been flying under the radar. And another chance to see him against a good defense on Sunday with the extra rest going against the Chiefs. I am very curious. They're in a little bit of the Sam Howell range there, right, where you think he's he's a guy. He's not the guy, but he's a guy. You think he's a guy, but you also have to really tread cautiously with making those decisions and going all in. By the way, y'all are y'all are really not going to like me when we get to March, when we get to draft season. My advice will be, when with all these great draft picks they have, push them to 25. Trade them back a year because you don't know. And maybe Sam Howell will be the guy over the last five weeks. Who's to say? He could come out, lead him to a victory over the Dolphins Sunday. It's the NFL. It could happen. But if Sam Howell plays like he has, you both go back to him next year you start him next year. I think that's an easy decision at this point. But you don't say, let's build a franchise around him. He's not there yet. 
you've got to leave open the possibility that you got to go get a quarterback in 25. And that gets messy. That gets much more complicated. Uh, let's play the uh, let's play the Josh Harris interview because the commander's owner, Josh Harris, was speaking at a sports business journal event yesterday. Let's do making changes. Uh, this is Josh Harris, commander's owner, speaking at the uh, deal makers summit yesterday put on by the sports business journal. How do you decide when to make changes or when to be patient? Yeah, I think that um, over time, like I said, you give people the opportunity to succeed. I think if you decide that it's not going to work, um, you know, in many cases, you know, you have to make changes. And um, I think that there's not a one-size-fits-all equation to when you do it or when you don't do it. Um, I think there are natural points in sports where things uh, make more sense than other things. But um, I think that, you know, there's not an easy answer to that. So each, each decision is a very customized decision. That's uh, Josh Harris. Uh, spoke on a number of topics. Uh, said the performance on the field isn't good enough this year, which I think everybody understands. But also reiterated to a degree that surprised me his pati- his patience. And, and the amount of patience he's going to be willing to have in this, uh, I thought the, the signature quote was, there are no shortcuts to success. You can take shortcuts to eight and eight, but you can't take shortcuts to success, uh, which tells me he may be closer to Philly than we think. He may be closer to the process that he ran with the 76ers than we're giving him credit for. And I'm parsing these words pretty deeply here. But I think we've all, the conventional wisdom has been, he ran the process with the Sixers, he tanked the 76ers, got the draft picks, got Joel Embiid, got all these people, and then built it back up. Well, you can't do that in the NFL, right? That, that's kind of been the conventional wisdom is, it's going to look different because the NFL looks different, the league is different, and it does. But I think he might be more willing to stomach bad football than some of us think and some of us let on. I was... Uh, I was on B. Mitch and Finley up in D.C. the other day. I was chatting with, with B. about this. And he said, basically, you can't you can't not go all in for the 2024 season because you've got a fan base to win back. And I get where he's coming from, but I really think the Harris group is playing a long game here. I think this is a long game of someday we will win a Super Bowl and you will come back then, but we are not going... We're not going to beg you until then. We're going to do good things. Uh, look look at what they got going Sunday, okay? Dud game, might rain. Miami Dolphins are in town, going to kick their butts up and down the floor, up and down the field. They're going to give out a free commander's pin set. That's P-I-N. That's not like uh, the, the pin you pin on your uh, on your lapel, not, uh, not like the pins we give away on Wednesdays. Um, the free commander's pin set, um, You get if you buy a Pepsi, you get a jersey shirt for free. They got nachos 50% off this weekend. They got performances. They got all sorts of stuff going on. And those are the things you can control, right? Those are the things you can do to say, we hear you. We we get that this isn't what it should be. But I think this guy may be really patient in terms of what he's going to allow to happen. He's not going to fire Ron Rivera before the end of the year. He's He could be on a three-year, four-year plan which I hadn't previously considered. But I get the sense he's got the stomach for some bad football if he thinks it will lead to a good place down the line. The other uh, the other takeaway, he, uh, Josh Harris, uh, commander's owner, speaking yesterday, was asked about the team name, and he said there's more important things to talk about than the name, which is not a no, by the way, if you're keeping score. That's uh, Kurt Signetti. I'm not just going to leave for money. That's not a no. <laughs> See you in Bloomington. Have fun. Bus is, bus is left. He's got his coordinators on it. This is, uh, that's not a no on the rebrand, on the rename. And by the way, my guy Chris Russell, who I I love to pick on because the rooster, man, he's got some hot, hot takes. He said, Josh Harris is right. We shouldn't be talking about the name. It's not important. Oh, I could not disagree harder on that. The name is so important. That's your identity. Like, people are going to wear that around on their chest for years. Like, you're going to be shouting it, screaming it. Commanders is a dud name. Commanders stinks. It's a bad name for a football team. You can't abbreviate it. You can't be proud of it. You can't. There, 
It's a dud name for a football team. Very bad name. I I think it's totally fair game to talk about what a bad name it is, how it's one last parting gift from the previous owner, and how they need to change it pronto. Or, if not pronto, eventually. And that the kicking the can down the road by Josh Harris didn't give a yes, didn't give a no. I got more important things to worry about. It means you'll get to that. It means it's on your list. I'm keeping an eye on that. I think the commanders changed your name. If if not soon, within the next five years. I mean, it's called a franchise for a reason, right, Mike? It's the you commander's know, franchise? Yeah. I oh. mean, it's called a franchise for a reason. You've got to have a good name. You've got to have a good name. It's got to ba- be solid. It's a bad name. It's not a good name. It's not a good name. We could do better. We can and we will. And we can and we will take a break right now. JC is back on the mic after this with a harrowing tale of urban adventure you will not want to miss. Don't go anywhere. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. 11 o'clock, we've got one hour to go. Riding towards the weekend, MP on the mic, live on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM worldwide on the free Odyssey app. Cowboys beat the Seahawks. A little Thursday night football, a very exciting Thursday night football uh, with tons of offense, uh, a couple teams playing their best. You don't always get to see that on Thursday night, uh, so that will be uh, a ton of fun. We've got uh, we've got a great game tonight at the Stew. Uh, VCU taking on Norfolk State. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30, 7 o'clock tip at the Siegel Center. Rodney and Robbie will be on the call, Awad, with the halftime show from VCU Norfolk State. And then tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Highland Springs football right here on the fan. Gary Hess, Coach Chris, will have the call for you. But we're talking about the big news of the day yesterday, JMU coach Kurt Signetti uh, taking off for Indiana uh, and we'll welcome in to chat about that and all things in the world of sports. Our friend Savannah Rieger from the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. Savannah, what's up? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Okay, I, I gave my reaction already to Kurt Signetti to Indiana. And you know, I love Kurt Signetti. I think he's a great coach. <laughs> and I, I just thought, really? Indiana? Like, did that surprise you as much as it surprised me? I don't know if anything surprises me anymore, (laughs) (laughs) especially in this day and age. But Indiana, it's honestly didn't surprise me too much just because I just feel like that's closer to the area he's from. He's from West Virginia. He coached Indiana at Pennsylvania. Like, I don't, maybe the caliber of talent surprised me a little bit, but the coaching destination actually didn't completely throw me off. There's probably a really good social media graphic there from Indiana to Indiana, <laughs> uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania to, to real Indiana. Um, what, what made Kurt Signetti so successful at, at JMU? It's his culture, honestly, because he, you know, he can be lively sometimes on that sideline, but for the most part, he is calm and collected and, that culture he installed is really what Jamie thrives on and what they want to continue to do. It's what Mike Houston did before Signetti took over, and it's what Everett Withers did before that. It's that winning culture. And the way he was able to go in and take team a team of not his recruits and turn that into a 2019 FCS national champion um, runner-up, he just – it's that culture he brings, and it's his staff that he has. He'll be the first to tell you that he can't do anything without his staff. And the way that the, he brought in all these guys and were able to have success is really huge to that point. No question. And, and building on a tradition of success at JMU, in the last 10 years, their worst record is 9-4. and four. And that's crazy considering mm-hmm. everything they've been through, the transition, the co- new conference. And by the way, Sunbelt's pretty dang good every year. Yeah, it it truly is. And it's kind of crazy. It's like a down year for the Dukes is like a great year for a lot of programs. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's wild. <laughs> and I, I'm equally intrigued, and, and Savannah Rieger with us from the Richmond Times Dispatch. You've been around JMU for a while. We don't just have a coaching search now, we've also got an athletic director changeover with Jeff Bourne leaving. The whole package deal here. Uh, what What do you make of kind of the the, the coincidental timing of all this, but still the notion of, of pretty big change coming to a place that has had a lot of stability. Yeah, it's, it's 
it's funny. Boren was also like, you know, I, I thought I'd made my last football <laughs> hire, but the world changes every day. I think it's I think it's going to be really exciting for whoever comes in because it's with a new AD, it's almost like you get the chance to completely make it your own. And with a program that has that much success and can be successful, it's one of the best. Jamie's one of the best G5 teams out there. And so there is a really good spot and chance here for someone to come in and make a humongous impact and get their name out there. And I think that with a new athletic director, they really can completely make it their own. Oh, it's a great job. No question about it. Because you get the resources, you get everything. You were out there for college game day. Rewind rewind to that for a second. Because that, I mean, on TV, that was a scene. What I... (laughs) Wow, I've never seen the quad that packed before. I mean, there was enough people to fill the entire football stadium on the quad. <laughs> it was it was hard to maneuver yourself around. Like I was standing like barely outside of it to get pictures of it. It was it was insane. I've never seen anything like that. And I went to the first two JMU college game days as well, and none of those were even close <laughs> to what was out there that Saturday. And it was fun because Signetti was absolutely having a blast the entire weekend out there. Like I had never seen Signetti in such true form as he was when he was talking with Pat McAfee. <laughs> My goodness, he he was riling up the crowd. He was getting a booing in the NCAA. <laughs> like all all we know of him is like this like. Wednesday press conference every week where he's just like, yeah, I know we won yeah. 56 to nothing against the number one ranked team in America, but I think that we have to really stay focused into next week and can't let that go to our head. And then he's like jumping around. <laughs> he was having so much. I've never seen him have that much fun before. And I told some people I was there with, I was like, as he was walking up to that stage, I was like, he's about to put on a show. I could just tell because <laughs> He lo- when he gets to talk to higher people up, people national, he loves to put on a show, and he absolutely did. And even after the App State loss, he was like, you know, I, I have fun. I had I enjoyed myself with Pat, and I was like, yeah, I know, Signetti. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, what What do you make of you know, kind of where the program's at now, where JMU goes from here? Because they they can get you know a, a big name coach, but also. You know they're they're going to play North Carolina that next year. They're going to play mm-hmm. Ball State next year. It's kind of a it's a pivotal moment here. It is. It's really an important time for JMU, especially after everything they've went through to battle with the NCAA over this bowl waiver. Yes. Like they need to be able, like when they actually will be able to compete for a Sun Belt championship next year. It's huge because then you don't want all that fuss to be for nothing. But at the same time, you're you're really into the FBS play now. There is no, obviously, there is no going back, but there's no going back. There's no being the, oh, the little team that can't play in the bowl. They have nothing to lose. You know, they, it's a really pivotal time for JMU. And I think that that coach has to be aware of that, has to be aware of that media publicity because JMU's gotten so much more media publicity than they ever have. And because of that, it makes it really attractive. They're, they're not, uh, they're not getting put on the map anymore. They're, uh, they're, they're on the map and, uh, <laughs> Uh, I know uh, the people at Liberty will uh, will call in and be unhappy, but I I think they were the best program in the state of Virginia this year. Uh, maybe I, maybe I agree. Maybe we'll get to settle it on the field. Now that would be fun. <laughs> I oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> As a JMU fan, is there like are you eyeing the bowl situation? Like it, you know, have you eyed where the bowl games are? Do you have a preference? Because I look at that board and I'm thinking like New Orleans. That's the one seed. Oh. <laughs> uh. I wish I had. There was a report today that New or- Jamie wouldn't be in a New Orleans one, but I honestly, I'm a fan of anything that's like remotely close to Virginia. Yeah. Um, I, North Carolina Bowls would be great, just because Jamie fans could travel. You know, of, according to social media, they've been wanting this for so long, and so to be able to go in and get to go and enjoy and experience that, I'm happy for them. Um, so I think anything remotely close and teams that maybe Jamie's seen before, whether they were at the F- CS level or not could be really fun. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Savannah Rieger joins us, Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com. Uh you don't just do JMU football though. You had a you had a barn burner of a basketball game last night with uh two two of the biggest names in the area. Tell tell us about that. That was a fantastic game. I've been telling my coworkers at the RTD, I was like, you guys, all football season, I've been at all these games that are blowouts or aren't close. I need a <laughs> fun game. 
and I finally got my fun game last night because it was it was electric at James River last night. And you know, Lainey Grant is no she's a big deal. She's a baller. <laughs> Lainey Grant is, uh, I mean, for those of you who don't follow the girls' high school basketball scene, she's legit going to go to whatever college she wants to go to. And she wants mm-hmm. to go She wants to go to UNC, um, and, and she, she's going to end up there. But, like, she she's had offers from everybody, everybody. Yeah, she, she's no, she is no small feat. You know, she pretty much in that fourth quarter after Manchester tied it up, after James River had an 11-point lead going into the last frame, she pretty much went in and dribbled that ball around, and she had so many fouls against her. She shot 13 from the line in that last quarter alone. And in high school girls basketball, a quarter is eight minutes. So Ooh. to be able to do all of that, and she didn't, they didn't even score in the first three, two or three minutes. So she did all of that in pretty much five or six minutes. It was insane. Not too shabby. You got anything on tap this weekend? Uh, I am going up to Northern Virginia this weekend to cover Matoica football at Stonebridge. Um, Matoica's first time in the state semis since the 2005 season, so that should be really fun for them. And other than that, the TV, it's just um, working on all Metro teams and making sure we wrap up all the fall sport coverage. If there's any coaches out there, get your nominations in. Get Don't do it. <laughs> Do it. Please. Do it. Uh, Stonebridge, we call their name every year because Highland Springs goes up to play them, but Highland Springs mm-hmm. now moves to Class 6, and so we get a, we get a fresh fresh opponent to send up there. Now, I, I, I got to brief you. You're, nor- you're Northern Virginia, so you got to know there's some bad blood here. Gary Hess and I were talking about this earlier. In 2019, <laughs> Highland Springs went up there, and there were, there were a, a number of nonsense penalties, I'm, I'm being charitable here, that ended up giving Stonebridge a one-point win in that game. So, yeah, if things get tense tomorrow, just know you're up in the 804 now. <laughs> Will do. I've, I've seen my fan share of Stonebridge before, so I know exactly what to expect. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there we go. Savannah Rieger, I read her work at the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com. Appreciate you making some time for us today. Of course, of course, anytime. All right, off she goes. We're back with more after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Half an hour to go, taking you up to AWOD Radio on a football Friday. Grant Daniel drive you home later on the fan. And then, for your Friday evening entertainment, VCU men's basketball taking on Norfolk State. I'm fired up for this one. Uh, I think this is, like the Radford game, a winnable but tough test uh, in an in-state game. I love a good in-state game. We've got one tonight down at the Stew. Robbie, Rodney, Awad, they've got the call, they've got the halftime, they've got the fun out there right here on the fan. Keep it locked all day long for some fantastic radio. And then Highland Springs football tomorrow, but a lot of college football on the slate tomorrow too. Uh, Liberty football tonight taking on New Mexico State, their final opportunity to make a statement as they chase that New Year's Six game. The question, right, is... If Tulane beats SMU, they're going to get the group of six spot in the New Year's Day Bowls. Uh, if SMU wins, is that enough juice to jump Liberty? Or are the Flames going to go to a New Year's Bowl, which I think would be fascinating? Then you're also looking at the downstream implications. Can we get JMU and Liberty into a bowl game together? What bowl games are going to be accessible to JMU? we got a lot of dominoes falling this weekend. We're going to have a fun show on Monday, breaking all that down, of course. I'll bring you some interviews from FedEx Field on Sunday, Commanders and Dolphins as well. I think the big game everybody's watching here is Georgia-Alabama. Alabama 3-0 and against Georgia in SEC title games. Georgia finally banished the demon by catching them when it mattered for the title a couple of years ago, but Alabama had had... Kirby Smart's number. Nick Saban had Kirby Smart's number. Now, Georgia's the far better team this year. Alabama's definitely behind Georgia, both in terms of talent and execution and scheming this year in terms of their games. But this is the Alabama mystique, right? We're not writing them off. We're not We're not suggesting this, this will be a, a walkover by any stretch, even though it probably could be. But if Alabama beats Georgia, we're going to have a little college football playoff chaos. Now, there's a scenario here where the committee is going to have to fill Florida State's spot. If you're just jumping in, Florida State is on their backup quarterback, Tate Rotomaker. He was concussed late in the game 
against Florida, and the rumors are he's not going to play this week, and the Florida State will be on their third-string quarterback. If they lose to Louisville, they're out of the playoffs. That opens up a spot, and then you've got some fun. Because is it one loss Ohio State, but they didn't play in a conference title game? Is it the loser of Washington, Oregon tonight, who would be every bit deserving? Is it Alabama if they lose to Georgia or Georgia if they lose to Alabama, the loser of that game? Well, nobody better at playing the lobbying game than our guy Nick Saban. And uh, here were his comments, uh, pregame SEC title game, about the SEC deserving these spots in the in the college football playoff. Uh, I think that uh, the SEC is one of the best conferences in the country. I think Georgia is one of the best teams in the country. And I think that they're one of the best four teams in the country. I think if we beat them, we'd be one of the best four teams in the country. Because, you know, teams do, um, there's a transformation that goes through the season. Uh, So how are you playing now? Where is your team now? How good are you now? I think all those things, you know, come into play. But I, I think... It would be a, a disrespect to the SEC if there is an SEC representation in the Final Four. I do believe that. He, he does this thing, and I love this, where he goes like to the most radical outcome to, to, to start proving his points. That would be ridiculous if there are no SEC teams in the college football playoff. A thing that nobody has suggested. A thing that nobody is out there saying. By now, I'm sure somebody in Ann Arbor or Columbus is saying that they don't. They don't mean it. They're just making noise on Twitter. Hey, would in that ridiculous? You're thinking about leaving the SEC out of the college football playoff. Definitely not what anybody's saying here. But it gives them a chance to to crack the door open for both the teams, right? Because you're looking at if Florida State loses, you got a spot. Somebody's got to fill it. The Georgia Alabama winner gets to be a part of the college football playoff. Period. There's no. No further explaining needed there. Everybody understands the stakes there of that game. The Washington-Oregon winner gets to be a part of the college football playoff this weekend. And by the way, I'm fascinated by that game. Oregon's now laying 10 to Washington. Look, I like Oregon as much as the next guy. Do we have a definitive sense that Oregon's 10 points better than they were when they narrowly lost to UW earlier this year? I don't know that we do. I like the 10. I like Michael Penix, Washington's quarterback. He's a big game guy. I I might stay up for that one tonight. It's a little West Coast Friday night action. Not my favorite. I might stay up for that one. It's going to be a great finish. Washington hasn't played in a normal game all year. All their finishes are just just bananas. Uh, And and Oregon's a great team. But with Dan Lanning, you, you ask, right, like, are they 10 points better? than they were a couple weeks ago when they, they didn't beat that opponent. And it's it's a neutral site, a neutral field. But I, I don't know that I don't know that they're ten points better. I really like the points tonight with, with UW get getting that many on the board. Uh but tomorrow, uh Michigan Iowa's your other game. Look, Iowa's uh, Mike Svedis was on earlier this week. He pointed this out. I love this. Iowa's over under for first half points is half of a point. The bet is, will they score a point or not? It's never what you want coming into a title game. Um, now, the, uh, the other game, Florida State-Louisville, which I thought was going to be a great game. Louisville, phenomenal defense. Obviously, Florida State kicking on all cylinders. If Florida State's down to a third-string quarterback, we got ourselves a situation there. We got ourselves a potential situation of, can Florida State sustain this momentum? Look, if they win, they're in, and then you got time to get healthy. you got time to get right. But it's a tough timing for that game and coming off the heels of, you know, they got to play a big rivalry game against Florida. Florida gave them a game, and then you got to bounce right back, play Louisville, who's got a good defense. I'm fascinated by that one for sure. And the coaching carousel continues to spin as well with JMU, Kurt Signetti, leaving for Indiana, as we mentioned. They'll be on the hunt. Reached out to somebody the other day, said name to watch. Uh, the Rutgers defensive coordinator, I'm going to get this right, Joe Harasimiak. Uh, Joe Harasimiak is a defensive coordinator at Rutgers. He was a coach at Maine for a while, has head coaching experience, uh, name to watch there. But I got to think this will be a pretty comprehensive canvassing. I don't think it'll be a Signetti assistant. I think they'll they'll go for somebody with head coaching experience, and I think that's uh, really important to bring into this school at this time. Then you got other teams that are figuring out what to do. Matt Rule's the coach at the University of Nebraska, and uh, he 
weighed in on what it costs to bring in a quarterback these days by way of explaining to the Nebraska faithful why their team continues to be bad. Listen up to this. Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So um, let's, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So um, you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for them. This is this is ridiculous. I this bothers me so much. You've got a guy here who makes so much money coaching Nebraska football each year with no results. He's making five and a half million dollars each year to coach Nebraska football. You've got a stadium that sells a hundred thousand tickets every game. You've got a TV product that Fox continues to put on Big Noon Saturday, despite any evidence that they've shown a pulse at any time in the last 15 years. And you're you're up here complaining about how much you have to pay to bring good players in. You're up here playing poverty. We just need the fans to donate a little bit more. We need more of your money. Reach deeper in your pockets. Get out of here. There's enough money. There's enough money to go around. There, You make... Five and a half million dollars. You're on national TV. You've got Big Ten TV money. You've got 100,000 people in your stadium every week buying the merchandise with the goofy guy with the corn on his head. You've got enough money. You're just spending it in the wrong places. Get out of here with that. Too big of a salary to be busting out that violin, Michael. If you make five and a half million dollars a year, you're going to play a violin about, I have to pay the players. This is ridiculous. Do your job. Oh, where's my... Do your job and be good at football. There we go. Do your job, be good at coaching. I have to pay the player. Get out of here with that. Mm. Take it out of his salary. The whole, the whole thing's ridiculous. We we need more money. It's the NIL world. You know how these kids are these days. They're always asking for money. You got to give us more money. Well, coaches these days seem to be asking for a lot of money too. I think Kurt Sinead's going to do all right at Indiana. I think he's going to make some money. I think the facilities look pretty nice every week. I think the support staff looks pretty good, pretty robust. I think there's money there. I think we've got money. I think money is available. I think the reallocation of that money is what scares them. Big Ten pays $35 million a year in TV money to every school. Your Rutgers, your Nebraska, you're competitive, you're not competitive. Here's a check for $35 million. Explain to me how we can't pay the players. Explain to me how it's ridiculous that a star quarterback makes a million dollars. You can't do that with a straight face. You can't do that with a straight face. Get out of here. This show rides hard for the players. Always has, always will. We would have been good, but the players wanted money. Says the coach making $5.5 million a year to not win at Nebraska. Give the money to the volleyball team. They'd use it more wisely. Come on now. Get out of here. One more segment left. Crosstalk with AWOD. Uh, I may be putting my money where my mouth is in terms of this segment with AWOD. So I got to really limber up, get ready. Uh, I think we're about to enter intense negotiations, AWOD and I, on a Ron Rivera-themed bet. Uh, could be a big moment in the history of this show, history of my uh, my uh, my delts, my lats, my muscles, uh, is my understanding. Come back. Find out what happens after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Slide to the top of the hour. We'll roll over to River City Roll, where Adam Epstein will be doing AWOD Radio live from the alley for three hours. He joins us now for a little crosstalk. What's up, Adam? Uh, Michael, I'll tell you, it's going to be a good day. I started my day off with a spare already, knocked down eight pins, and then got the rest on, on the second roll, and so I'm feeling really good. Uh, now, to, now, to rewind here, Adam Bulls during the Friday show, uh, last week you put up like a 140-something, is that correct? Yeah, I had a good day, and uh, Robbie Robinson was here doing the play-by-play, so uh, that was really entertaining radio. And, uh, yeah, we what we do during the show is I bowl, obviously, one frame every commercial break, and I can let the audience in on how I'm bowling throughout the day, and then we finish off with the final segment at 2.45 and uh, let the audience know how I fared for the day. There you go. We'll look forward to that. But you and I have some business to tend to as well because – I have made the prediction that the Washington Commanders' defense will get better with Jack Del Rio fired and Ron Rivera uh, in charge of the group. 
and you have, uh, to put it politely, disagreed. Absolutely. And so I, I'd like to do a little radio wager. And, you know, Stubb and I were talking behind the scenes. By the way, Stubb is completely on my team here. He doesn't understand what's going on inside the brain of Michael Phillips uh, predicting that Ron Rivera's defense will improve. So what we've been brainstorming is a good radio bit of 50 push-ups for the loser. 50 push-ups for the loser. Con- consecutive or like groups of 10? You go until you can't go no more. <laughs> <laughs> I love we put 50 the microphone or, down by your face 50, and you're huffing and puffing. 50 or you tap out in shame. Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on board with this. Now, uh, how do you suggest we score this wager? Well, I, uh, what would you suggest? Uh, so I, to me, we're, we're betting on whether the defense is good or not. I, we've got yards allowed, points allowed. Yeah. Um, there, there's fancy advanced metrics. Um, I'm not a fancy advanced metrics guy, so you'd have to take the lead on that. I'm good with the yards and points, you know, wager with maybe a tiebreaker of like turnovers or something. I think that we should bring in a third party to decide whether or not the defense gets better, and I can't think of anybody better than the stats geek and expert himself for the Washington Post, Neil Greenberg, uh, who I had on the show yesterday, and he was telling me we should look at you know points expected and all these other really nerdy, geeky stats, and I, f- I figured, yeah, why don't we have Neil Greenberg decide if the defense really did improve over the final five games of the season? So he'll give it, he'll give, he will look at the numbers. I don't want to have to look at the numbers. He'll look at the numbers and give us a thumbs up or thumbs down is that correct yes yeah he will decide which of us is doing 50 push-ups now i like this and you know i have the utmost respect for mr greenberg the post and the entire institution i have to note though i have to note and look you've been doing this for longer than me neil greenberg is a card-carrying member of the awad army i'm not (laughs) sure we have a full neutral observer here i want i want promises that there are no shenanigans at play here, that there is no funny business cooking in an attempt to get me to do 50 push-ups. That's a great point. And <laughs> while I will admit that I'm proud to call him General Greenberg in the AWOT Army, he's also a newspaper guy. So you guys might have some unwritten oh. rule about those who write for the paper. Um, <laughs> and so I don't know, maybe he's on Team MP. little newspaper solidarity. All right, right back at you. Democracy dies in darkness, and so so does this bet. Uh, as, as Neil Green Neil Greenberg officiates, uh, so this would be after the final game, after the Cowboys game. He will say if the defense improved or did not improve under Ron Rivera's watch. Uh, is, is it just an overall scoring, or is this like a boxing card game by game for five games? I think he just gives us the thumbs up or thumbs down. But Michael, can you please convince me one more time why this defense is going to re- improve under that dinosaur Ron Rivera? All right, Graham Paulson put out a stat last night that showed Deron Payne is one of the worst defensive tackles in the NFL this year. I find it very hard to believe that Deron Payne is actually one of the worst defensive tackles in the NFL. I actually think he's probably pretty good at his job. The the Benjamin St. Juice has been terrible all year getting Burnt every single time he throws the ball. He was decent last year. He he has made such stunning regression, it's remarkable. The linebacker position has made such stunning regression. Like, is it possible? And, and look, I'll acknowledge, maybe all 11 guys just got really bad this offseason. Like, right? Maybe they went out together, had, had the Pizza Hut buffet every day, showed up fat, and aren't any good at their jobs anymore. But is it possible? Is it possible that perhaps... They were coached poorly, and that is why 11 players all got bad all of a sudden. Michael, have you, have you-, I, you could easily convince me that Jack Del Rio did not get along with his players, and because of that, they did not enjoy playing for him and did not play to his schemes correctly. But what if, Michael, what if the talent is being overvalued? The talent that Ron Rivera himself drafted is just not very good. Michael, have you seen their schedule coming up? I was saying this to Adam is why I called you out. Even if they're better, they're against the Dolphins next. The stats aren't going to reflect that. When did Stubb turn against me? Wait a second. I got Neil Greenberg against me. I got Stubb against me. I got, when, did, when did this happen? I'm backed into a corner on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, I Uh-oh. don't know, MP. You are. Uh-oh. Honestly, JC might be on my team also. Oh, I no. I was about to say, I might have to agree with you guys. No. Oh, what a way to end the week. Man. All right. Well, if any... 
I, I can't I can't give fifty push ups to everybody because I'm running <laughs> the numbers there and that that's too many. Um, but we'll we'll get some we'll get some side action of, of some some sets of ten or something here. This is ridiculous. All right, this is how this is how I end the week. This is how I end the week. AWOD Radio is up next from River City Roll. Thank you for joining us, Adam. I gotta step aside. This is ridiculous. Nobody here loves me. Back with more next Monday. This is MP on the mic. You're listening to nine ten the fan at one zero five one FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 